singer-songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Kim Cameron over Zoom video. Kim was raised in Los Angeles out in the Valley, and she talked about getting into music at an early age. She picked up clarinet while still in elementary school. She played that through high school. She didn't really fall in love with music until she got into musical theater and choir and chorus. She talked to us about performing in a pretty successful cover band, eventually starting her band, Side Effects, and touring all over the country and the world. She also talks to us about a brand new animated film, which she wrote and directed. And she tells us all about her brand new song that just came out this year called Show Me You Feel. You can watch our interview with Kim Cameron on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Kim Cameron. Our podcast is all about you, your journey in music, and how you got to where you are now. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, tell me where you, where were you born and raised? I was born in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Okay. What was that like? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was only there for less than a year, so I'm, I'm not sure my memory goes quite that far back. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you move from uh, Eau Claire? I grew up in uh, Southern California, so right outside of um, L.A. I was a uh, valley girl, actually, so... Really? Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's where I was originally born from Southern California. Not, not from the Valley, but San Diego. Okay. No, San Diego is much cooler. I think the Valley's, you know, is smoggy. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up in the Valley? I'm sure, I mean, you have a bunch of entertainment around you. The, the industry is kind of there. Yeah. I mean, um, when I think about it, uh, at the time it didn't, seem like anything because you grow up and it's the way it is but uh at the time it was interesting because a lot of my friends in um you know elementary school and then middle school or whatever we called it back then uh were doing commercials on the side and you know numerous friends were always on various shoots Mm -hmm. and it it was so common that I, i didn't even think about it and you know, now I think back about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, because of the industry and how much was really being shot there. I, I don't, I think now it's probably a little bit more spread out or, around the country. But at the time when I was growing up, um, L.A. was kind of the only place that any film was really being done, um, you know, film, commercials, whatever was being done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it was definitely ingrained in you. Um uh, and then you, when you leave that area of the country, you're like, oh, there's something more than entertainment. I didn't know that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you're a filmmaker as well, right? I am a filmmaker. So, um, a new filmmaker. So I've just finished my first, um, 2d animation feature film. So it's like 88 minutes. Uh, it was a project that I've started about four years ago okay. storyboards and, and hand drawings and a script. And, um, and then it was supposed to be finished about a year and a half ago. And, uh, then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. it, a number of problems. One is that the animators that I originally had, um, selected, figured out this was too big of a project for them. Um, and that became really obvious very quickly. Uh-huh. And then when I switched animators, 
exactly when I switched the pandemic hit. <clears throat> so everything was full stop. Sure. Uh, but then we picked back up speed and, uh, you know, now it's done and it's out shopping. So amazing, amazing, amazing. And it's at some award shows, correct? Or like awards. So right now we've got about 25, 26 awards so far. Um, it started Congratulations. out. Like, yes. Thank you. Um, started out just with the screenplay and the trailer and the music, because obviously I didn't have a movie to show them, but now, um, I've just been able to submit it to film festivals for the entire movie. And we've just gotten, um, we were finalists, uh, at, uh, a film festival. I just got told, um, recently and nominated and a couple others. So yeah, it's going in, it's going in a positive direction. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, how did, how did you get into music? Um, well, I mean, I've, I've sort of always been in music. I started out playing the clarinet and, you know, when I was in elementary school, when I was really teeny, where when I was walking to school, I'll tell you that clarinet. And it's funny when I look at it now, because it's just like a little, you know, mm -hmm. little box, right. But the student clarinets, when you're only, you know, six years old, they, you know, you're like this <laughs> trying to watch yeah. It's like super heavy and sure. it makes me laugh now when I pick it up and I'm like, I can't believe I thought that was so heavy, but I did because, you know, I was always envious. The flute players had the little teeny boxes and they were so nice and light. Mm -hmm. and I, like, I, I remember saying to my teacher, I really wanted to play the flute. And she's like, no, we already have too many flute players. You have to play clarinet. I was like, oh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, it started out uh, in bands and did Fine. band and orchestra and then sort of traversed myself into musical theater. And, um, you know, I fell in love with the whole chorus and choir and, and theater and, and um, we left my poor little clarinet in the closet and kind of moved on. And How long did you play clarinet for? Was, was that all the way up through high school? Yeah, it was, about, it was up through the beginning of high school. So I guess I played solid for seven or eight years. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, then when I fell in love with the whole singing aspect, um, I joined this really, really bad cover band. Like we were really bad, but we had, we had this following and let me tell you, when I say we were a bad cover band, we really sucked. <laughs> and, and yet we would pack, pack bars and places um it just goes to show how forgiving people are when you play cover music and right and, uh, it, it, so we we had a lot of fun i did that while i was working full-time and and it was kind of like my music uh, outlet and and uh it wasn't until 2008 i decided to jump into an original project so that's when my what that's when i really say my music career began okay and is that have you been in the same band ever since was that side effects well, I, I, I like to say side effects is a collection of musicians that I have because I tour around the globe. And uh, as you know, touring with a bunch of musicians is very expensive and, uh, and yeah. <laughs> not a great proposition and, unless you're like, well, even the big stars uh, that have enough money to ship everybody, they even use local musicians as well. It's just yeah. a it's much more effective way and it's, it's actually more fun to interact. So I have a collection of people in various countries that I work with on a regular basis when I tour there. And so I've got a bunch of guys in, in LA, for example, when I go out there, a bunch of guys in New York, a bunch of guys here in Miami and then in Europe and they're kind of sprinkled between 
Spain, Croatia, and Germany, and the UK. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and do you tour under your name or do you tour under side effects? I tour under both. So people probably know my name, but I always like include the whole side effects thing because I want everybody to feel like they're included in, in the whole performance and, and what we're doing. Cause it is a, it's a team effort, you know, and, and the minute you don't think it's a team effort, then you're, you're in the wrong business because without really quality musicians behind you, supporting you, um, and touring with you, it's uh, it's a lonely, lonely job and it's not, um, and you don't sound as good. Like if you really think you're doing this on your own, you're just, you're wrong. You're just mm -hmm. not doing it on your own. Did you, when did you, uh, you said you're in a cover band for a while. When did you decide to start playing original music? Um, that was, it was inspired by a, a family member who was, having some serious medical cancer, you know, issues, having to go in the hospital. Uh, and I ended up writing a song that weekend when he went in and uh, I had so much fun with that concept and how it would allow me to put my feelings out in a totally different way. Um, got together with my guitar player at the time. We put some melodies behind it and, and some bass rhythms and, and, then I was like, you know, I want to want to take this into studio. I had never been into a studio before, mm -hmm. and I took it in there, and it was just like a you know rent the studio for four hours kind of thing. We just kind of goofed off, and there was just a, a sound engineer who you know just recorded it. There was no production whatsoever, and the guy pulled me aside afterwards. He says, you know, I think you have some here, but I think you want to actually find a producer, and you know, time I. I really didn't understand what a producer's role was. And he gave me um, this guy's name that I knew and I, I talked to him and I was like, wow, oh, this, you know, this guy seems to know what he's doing and recorded my first album with an actual producer. And I got hooked. I was like super hooked. I was like, this studio thing, this writing songs, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm in heaven. So mm -hmm. now, uh, you know, what, four or 500 songs later, I think I <laughs> little, little addiction going on, but you know, maybe, maybe I'll get it fixed one day. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, would you, when was the first time that you played or do you remember playing your own songs in front of people? And was, how much different was that than the covers? You know, it's uh, the first time I took, after we finished the album, I went on tour and I wow. went on tour, uh, I mean, I did the whole thing. I did the big bus and it was super expensive, but it was, it was like, I got a really good four year music education in one tour and we were on for, I guess, six weeks or four weeks, um, went all the way almost across the country. I mean, we made it to like Texas and then we went up to through Nebraska and then over Ohio and back, um, to the East coast. And so, um, it was, we, we did get to go to about 12 different VA hospitals and that was really fun in between, you know, bar gigs and things. Um, you know, you learn, you learn a lot more when you're not static. So you have to learn how to adapt. Every venue has different things and, you know, you bring your stuff to accommodate that, but you know, things happen, you know, we mm -hmm. got stuck in new Orleans, the bus turned 
you know, shallow. And so we got literally stuck in the mud. We oh had, my gosh. And so we just, I said, okay, well, he gets a tow truck or whatever to get out of the, the bus, just grab whatever you can and we'll walk to our gig. So we, we went from, um, you know, a bunch of electric guitars to a completely acoustic set and it ended up great, but those are the kinds of things that you really learn how to address when you're on the road and how to deal with different venue managers and owners who have their own specifics, what they want you to do. Uh You know, nobody's heard your stuff. So, you know, you have to make it interesting. You don't know. There's no reason why New Orleans would like my music better than Ohio. And you could definitely feel that there were definitely places that we were a really good fit for and places that we were definitely not a good fit for. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the right music. At the time, I was not doing dance music. I was doing more of a, I would say, soft rock, um, borderline rock stuff, because I had these two electric guitar players who were just great guitar players, but it definitely gave you this more rock feel. And mm-hmm. some of the places, you know, loved that sound. And then the others were like, yeah, we don't do rock here. <laughs> so, uh, but you learn that. And um, so the the first album out was definitely a combination of the learning experience, um, also kind of get a feel for what people wanted to hear from me as a new artist, and then what I wanted to hear. And what I found after the first album was um, I really didn't want to do rock. I really, I mean, I wasn't really a rock person. I like rock music, but I, that's not who I wanted to be. So I kept moving myself away from rock. The second album was a lot more adult contemporary than rock. And then by the time I hit the third album, I'd gone into dance and I just kept going the dance route until I got to a very comfortable um, electronic place. Mm-hmm. Was there, were you just progressing as an artist or what? Why did, why did you, yeah, eventually hit I mean, the dance? Uh, I was definitely progressing as an artist, uh, and I was definitely trying to find the right producer that understood the sound I wanted. Um, you know, what I found at the beginning was I knew a lot of producers that, that knew pop. They knew pop music. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to go pop. And a lot of people, you know, they look at me, they're, oh, you must be either a country um you know, musician or, or, or you're a pop musician. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm, you know, I know I have blonde hair, but that's not, I'm not either one of those. So, uh, it, it was hard to get people to, to get away from the stereotype of blonde hair and, and listen to what I was trying to do musically. And mm-hmm. so that took, that took a couple albums to get there, but then I kind of found my, my niche niche and I uh, also started hanging out with the right electronic artists and producers. And that was out the other part because I just didn't have that network. Didn't know where to go for that network until I was, you know, midway into it. Mm-hmm. What, what, was there like a person you met or like uh, a specific moment that, you know, I had a gentleman who reached out to me and I guess he had been watching me for quite a while and he said, Hey, you want to, um, I'm over here in the UK and I think you do really well in Europe and I want to manage you. And I said, really? I said, yeah. I said, okay. And so he kind of, um, he, he started that platform and then, uh, while he wasn't in electronic music, he certainly had a passion for it. 
And together, he and I just kept going deeper and deeper into that world and in the European um, electronic scene. And then it, it sort of started these different introductions. So I really give him a credit that he he got me pointed into the direction I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both, you know, newbies into that world. But it was a, it was a fun journey that we took. Mm-hmm. And you've had two songs on the Billboard 20? Yeah, two songs. Uh, one was called Not Into You. Um, and the, uh, the one that followed that was called Now You're Mine. Um, it, was a, it was a great run. And uh, it was funny. Somebody just sent me, it looked me up on Billboard charts. And I guess there's a whole listing of how many weeks I was on different positions. And mm-hmm. it was fun to do that nostalgia back uh, to see how it's going. Of course, the Billboard charts are not up yet because of COVID. They haven't right. started that. Um, but uh, it, it's been it's been interesting to watch electronic music because it used to be its own little side niche, and we didn't really let anybody in it. Mm-hmm. And then you saw everyone started mixing that electronic component into their own songs. Mm-hmm. So it sort of is. Uh, it's diluted a little bit, right? So uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I love the combination of different things together anyway, but it seemed like it took people a while to, to figure out, hey, it could be cool if you, you add some house into that. And I mean, it's not a new concept. If you look at everything but the girl, you know, that, re- that original song versus the remix. I mean, the original song did nothing and then they remixed it and it's like, you know, it's still played today, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's kind of like people have memory loss. They forget about it and then, oh, let's recycle it. We can do it all over again. <laughs> so. Yeah. A lot of artists are going in that electronic realm. I think people are blending it a lot more now than, than ever. Yes. Yeah. And the, the next thing I see coming, I mean, it's already started, is adding those brass instruments. I mean, I have a couple of songs that I've gotten a couple of my musician friends to perform on, but you add a trumpet, a trombone, or a sax to electronic music. Um, you add an acoustic guitar. It's just amazing sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one song where my friend, she's just this, she plays the gambas and the, the um, uh, Latin perca- percussion, like nobody's business. And so she did this um, one song for me. And it just, it still house but it's like a latin house and it just has this different different vibe just by the latin percussion she added so you know when you experiment you just never know what you're gonna find that's awesome and no i'm curious where were you when you're talking about your your film that you you put out but uh where were you at as far as like your music went when this whole pandemic hit like were you planning on the tour were you working on a record um, well, I was supposed to be on tour, but uh, obviously all of that got canceled. Uh, Music-wise, I ended up writing a ton of music during the pandemic. I think a lot of people did, but I had to finish up um, writing for uh, the children's album. I wanted to launch that before the movie. I had to finish writing all of the music um, for the, the soundtrack for the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I get inspired and I, I think I released uh, two, maybe four or five songs during the pandemic of just electronic music mm-hmm. and, uh, or just 
and some of them were like just after. So definitely a lot of songwriting. I mean, when you're when you're locked up and you got a studio that's in your house and people across the globe that are like, okay, let's do something, send me something, you know, it's easy to do. Uh huh. <laughs> you weren't wrote a uh, kids record. I have a couple of children's albums. Um, one of them is called Connecting to Animals. So I released that in December or no, um, January, I think it is. I'm getting them all mixed up. Uh, it's, you know, it's got kind of a Calypso, um, some reggae feel to it. Uh, I had a, a number of guest artists that, that did the vocals on, cause it, after a while people are just, they're going to get bored with, with my voice. So I, I mixed it up a little bit with other vocals vocalists and it's just um some positive messages about how important if we if we care about our animals and our seeds we end up being our own environmentally friendly um species because if you care about animals you're going to care about what you put into the ocean what you put on the floor what you put in um you know how you're recycling how you're not and that was kind of my message is if you really think about it you can all be a part of cleaning and, and taking care of things. And the, it's geared towards, um, you know, the same age as the books that I've written. So, you know, four to nine year olds, not, not um, complicated messages, just simple messages, mm -hmm. but also fun. I mean, I wanted kids love to dance. They love, I wanted to, the melodies to be something they could sing along after hearing it once, which I did that little test with some kids and they were, they were able to do it. I wanted them to feel happy. I didn't want a bunch of sad songs. I didn't want songs. I wanted them to be able to escape. And so that's, you know, it's a, a nine, nine track album, but it's, you know, fun music. I love that. I love that. And what do you, you, you recently, you've been releasing songs this year, correct? I mean, what, what was, tell me about what you have going on now. So I released one uh, in February um show me you feel so mm -hmm. typical house and it's got some remixes to it and did a music video with um uh doing some aerial dancing i like to do that on the side and then this uh next song which is not officially released although it's already on the charts and already gotten in-store spins it releases um the 26th it's called uh don't give me no mm -hmm. um and it's, it's a much moodier house song for me. It's, it's very moody, I should say. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, they told me yesterday, which was really fun. In one week, it got 63,000 spins. So I was like, wow. Huh, okay, that's all right. <laughs> that's huge, congratulations. So um, yeah, it should be debuting. I think it debuts on number 41 on the overall charts on all access. So it's going to be fun to see how this one turns out. That is incredible. Congratulations about, uh, I mean, on that and uh, yeah, other music coming out as well. I uh, don't, well, I did just release my first rap song. Believe oh, <laughs> what was that like? Well, I don't, I don't rap. I had a rapper do it for me, but okay. do the vocals for me. I, I um, actually sent him over the, uh, the demo, me rapping, which just to get the timing right, which I, when I played it back, I was laughing because I just don't have that. I, I just don't have a rap voice at all. But it was uh, it was pretty fun to 
to write it. I wasn't sure how that would turn out, but I had a last minute spot in the movie that I wanted to add just a short two minute piece to. And so I was like, you know, what would sound good is right there. So um, yeah, that one just, that just came out on Friday. Um, you can see it on Spotify. It's called uh, Follow Me. Um, but that's under, you know, my, the artist is Superpowers, which is my book series and my movie. So Very cool. And thank you so much, Kim, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been great fun. Thank you. I do have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Hmm. My advice is um, keep it going. I, even when people say, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. It's too expensive. It's a waste of your time. Don't listen. Just keep going. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got a certain artistry and creativeness to them that they just keep going. Just keep going. And when you fall down, which you will, that's all right. Learn from it. 